You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello and happy hump day. Happy hump day. Hopefully you don't hear my child in the background because he has one he has one tone of voice and it's screaming um, and he's finishing up eating and he's going to go upstairs for a nap soon. So hopefully you don't hear him yelling. I feel like my child always yells the most right before nap time or bedtime. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Um, But hey, before we dive into this today, we want to remind you that the case study application is up. The link is in the show notes. So this is for non-clients or people who are like curious about what we do and are looking for help. Um, We're doing this because we get a lot of messages, a lot of emails, a lot of messages asking us what we think about certain things. And to be honest, to be fair to our clients who we serve one-on-one, we can't respond to all of those things because um, people who work with us, they are first in line, but we're doing this just to kind of help you understand, you know, how we work with clients and how we approach that. So link is in the show notes. If you are one of our clients, you know that um, you are welcome to share that with a friend um, and they can apply for that as well. Awesome. All right. So we want to talk about stress, stress eating, stress weight gain, um, in turn, stress weight gain, and all of in between and kind of how to manage high stress times because they happen. They are unavoidable. And I think a lot, to be honest, I think a lot of people come to us and want these six months that, you know, if they're working with us for like our six month program, want it to be like, perfect situation ideal. You know, this is, I can do everything I need to do because I don't have anything going on. And I'm like, I don't want to work with you during that time. Like I want to work with you when shit hits the fan. I want to work with you when you are going through these things because that is life. Like that's usually when people spiral and lose all of the progress they make during the easy times in life because the easy times are easy. And so we need to understand, and we talked to a lot of our clients. I think we've actually talked to like three different people already today about during stress, what do we do? Like, how do we manage it? it? What's important, you know, like what habits do we fall back on? Because we know that there's never going to be a perfect time to start doing anything. And even if you start and you imagine that this six months is going to be perfect because you don't have any events, you don't have any things, you know, crazy going on. Life is still always going to happen, especially if you have kids or there's a, you know, a change in jobs or just whatever, there's always going to be some stress. I don't know anybody who has just the perfect day every day or doesn't (laughs) ever have any stress. So whether it's been, you know, from COVID or other situations, such as like a job interview coming up, maybe a big exam, if you're like getting, you know, your master's or your bachelor's degree, it could be a family situation. Like we work with a lot of people who have tough family situation, whether it's divorce or just strained relationships there's a lot of triggers that, you know, can cause us high stress. And another one here, I think it is important to call out is like financial stress. And we know like with COVID that's been, you know, a strain for a lot of people. So when we feel like life is crashing down on us and all we want to do is face plant into the cookies, how do we stop ourselves from doing these things? Um, but first we got to bring you a few stats because I think it's important to understand like what Becca and I look at when we're selecting our topics and why we want to do these things. And it's because the world is hurting. 
you know, we are at an all time high for obesity. Um, and there's so many things that can be controlled with our nutrition and our lifestyle factors to prevent some of these stats, but their stats for a reason, and they're still here. So let's dive into it. So there was a study done at um, Grand Canyon University, and what they found is roughly 22% of adults gained weight during the COVID-19 pandemic. I personally believe this number is a little bit low. Um, this was, you know, done uh, last year, so it could be, you know, higher now. Not really sure, but why did they gain weight? And that's one thing that Beck and I always want to look at: is like what was going on to lead them to this weight gain? So lack of sleep decreased physical activity, right? Think gyms were all shut down and all we could do virtual classes wasn't the same. Like even our gym doing, you know, virtual classes for a long time, like you still don't have your barbell. Like it's just totally different. Mindless eating, you know, you're just bored. You're looking in the cabinet and you're like, yeah, maybe there's going to be something new that appears or you're snacking after dinner, um, eating in response to stress. Like I can't imagine, you know, all of the moms out there. And I know Becca did this for a period of time, trying to work and manage their kids or do the e-learning. And all of this kind of led to this stress eating. And like, this is a period of time. I don't know how to react to it. I didn't maybe have the best habits in place before we went into the pandemic. And so I've gained weight and now I'm unhappy with myself. I I read a stat actually that millennials on average gained, I think it was like 17 or 21 pounds in COVID. Like that's a lot of weight. That's, that's not insignificant. Um, that's like intent, like very, very drastic changes. Like another study found there was a major decrease in healthy habits. Two thirds of people ate more drunk during COVID while only one third took the time to make healthier meals at home. Like people are ordering in more. Like I know in the very beginning, a lot of people were going through that, like support your local restaurant phase, which I like I get Nick and I did too, but doing that every night, you know, people were afraid to go to grocery stores. They were, you know, and so you know, some had more anxiety and slept less too, while some viewed the pandemic to cook more and sleep more and walk more outside. I will say the very beginning, especially I was loving all the sleep I was getting, like not having to wake up early to coach at the gym. I was walking a ton more playing outside. Like I definitely saw the benefit there, but a lot of people, it wasn't. Um, it also correlated that obese individuals, and this was the other stat that I read on my own as well. And I know Liz picked this up as like obese individuals gained more weight and suffered from more anxiety. So people that were already obese going into COVID or already overweight or unhealthy, it got worse. Um, And I mean, we know obesity is very directly correlated with depression. um, And they found that these obese individuals gained more weight during the pandemic and suffered more from it. So stats are there guys. Like it's obvious. Um, We know that this is a vicious cycle and it's something that just like everything else in life, it becomes a habit. Like it's kind of like we consider like Pavlov's response, you know, stress happens, we get triggered, we eat or we drink or whatever. And it just becomes almost automatic. Like you literally don't even think about it. So we want to talk about seven tips. We have seven tips today for you. How do we avoid this in high stress times? Yep. So first things first, how we start the day is how we're going to win the day. Um, We've talked about this before, but eating a well-rounded breakfast with adequate protein. This is something that we will continue to drive home and hammer home because if we start the day with you know, a really high carb or high fat breakfast, we're only going to crave more of those things. So eating about 20, 25 grams of protein, kind of depending upon your goals, where you're at, your overall intake, this is a general recommendation, um, can help 
with your blood sugar. Um, it can help kind of balance your blood sugar out throughout the day and then also uh, balance your energy out. So if you're somebody who's kind of rides the waves here of, you know, tired, energized, tired, energized, focus on protein at every meal because that stimulates your neurotransmitter known as orexin, um, which is your energy neurotransmitter. And so protein, you know, we've had a whole nother podcast on protein and the importance of it because there's many, many reasons besides this, but start your day with a good balanced protein. So I know Becca, you know, and I both, we do eggs a lot. Um, I'll do like egg scrambles with veggies. I'll do eggs on top of arugula. We'll throw some protein powder in a smoothie or protein powder in, you know, like overnight oats, things like that. Very easy to do. Just takes a little bit of effort. Yeah, absolutely. Number two is watch out for added sugars and processed carbs. So this is something we will cover more. We're doing something called Fit Mom Fit Month in May. Fit Mom Fit May. We haven't really decided, but probably Fit Mom Fit Month. Um, And, you know, we need a catchy name, but we are going to recommend no more than 30 to 40 grams of added sugar per day. Okay. So this is something you can see on nutrition labels, just turn over the box, turn over whatever you're eating. Um, and it will say total carbohydrates, usually total sugars and then added sugars. Um, so this is something like high carbs, high sugar foods, cereal, for example. Um, and this affects brain chemistry. It actually reduces serotonin, like our happy brain chemical, um, that feel good brain chemical, which allows you to feel calm, feel less anxious, more focused. This kind of impact on it decreases that. So you feel more anxious, less focused. Um, Obese people also have a 25% increased risk of suffering from mood and anxiety disorders. So this chronic stress, which also, as Liz and I have talked about many a times on our lives, especially stress increases abdominal fat. Like it basically makes your stomach a warm home for all of the weight that we gain when we stress eat because of cortisol. And it contributes to further risk factors, you know, related to type two, blood pressure issues, heart attacks, all different kinds of things that can make it worse. And so this stress plus processed carbs issue, well, we can result in insulin resistance, midsection weight gain. So we have to make sure that we're aware of this. And a lot of people, so people always ask like, what's included? We talk about, you know, fruit is not an added sugar. Fruit is a whole you know, whole food, sugar, sweet potatoes, stuff like that. The reason these aren't as detrimental is because they also have water. They have fiber. They have things that make you more full and satiated from them and also kind of buffer the effects of sugar within the body per se um, to kind of simplify down what is actually happening. But they essentially make the, the rise in blood sugar lower because of those other things that are in the food versus cereal and other things like that that don't have that same effect. Yep. So what do we recommend here for added sugars? We would say no more than about 30 to 40 grams of added sugar. And guys, like Becca said, turn your nutrition labels over, like watch out for these things. Like I know this can add up very quickly, things like kombucha, you know, and you can look at different brands. You can kind of compare labels to see what is the better option because there's low sugar kombucha. And then there are some kombuchas that have like 13, 14 grams of added sugar. Same thing with yogurts and protein bars, all those things. So check your labels, read your labels. Um, but we recommend no more than 30 to 40 grams of added sugar. So tip number three here, focus on whole foods. So this is about chemistry more than anything else, right? So studies show that people who are eating the nourishing foods tend to handle stress better and they feel less susceptible to mindless snacking and overeating and boredom eating or stress eating because they have nourished their body. Kind of like Becca was talking about, right? The effects of brain chemistry. And so rather than reducing your serotonin, we want to eat foods that help us increase our serotonin and help us feel good. Um, and so picking 
one ingredient, whole foods, things that do not have a label. Um, you know, a study was done in 2018 with 15,500 people who were depressed and they found that the depressed group seemed to eat the most processed carbohydrates, which made their depression worse. On the other hand, the other group that they were comparing this group to, the people who ate the one ingredient foods had a lower risk for developing depression. So what's good for the body is good for the brain or vice versa. What is good for the brain is good for the body. Absolutely. So number four, another thing that can help remove sugar laden beverages. And I think, you know, some people don't struggle with this, but I think a lot of people don't realize too, like there was a study that was done in 2019 that had 38,000 individuals who suffered from depression. And they found that one big trigger for them was drinking things like pop, energy drinks, coffee, our sugar in coffee counts, guys. Um, and this put them at a higher risk for depression. And in this study, they found that drinking just two cans of pop each day increased the risk of depression by 25%, guys. That's a lot. That is a significant increase. And the more pop they drank, the higher the risk they were. So obviously like, you know, there are other options. I know a lot of people aren't drinking like straight up pop anymore. Some people are, um, but diet soda can be a similar in kind of tr- contributor to this. Artificial sweeteners block the release of that feel-good neurotransmitter, dopamine and serotonin. They kind of are their own demons, okay? So it's another podcast for another day, but while we're here, we need to cover one thing because a lot of people think that like they're sugar-free foods and all those things are kind of helping people lose weight, but the research actually tells us a little different. So a report published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal had 37 different studies. So it was kind of like a meta-analysis, 37 different studies on artificial sweeteners found that they did not appear to help people lose weight. People who drink one or more diet drinks per day had a high risk of health issues such as weight gain, obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. So here's the thing. The biggest thing that we have to understand is like artificial sweeteners and diet sodas and stuff like that contribute to cravings. Like it is still the sweet hit that you get that makes you want more and more of it. Guys, I get it. Like I have had moments of my life where I have been highly addicted to diet Coke and it's like every night I have to have that something sweet. And here I I will also say Sometimes it's it's just an easier option than like getting, if you're trying to remove alcohol or something like that, go when you're out to eat, grab a diet Coke instead of, you know, a glass of wine, if you're trying to really resist the alcohol, but on a general daily basis, if we are having things like propel or sugar-free, you know, drinks or diet sodas, like those things matter too. And they can definitely have a similar impact on our body, even though it's quote unquote, zero calories. Yeah, man, I remember when I did Weight Watchers and it was like all the sugar-free stuff, right? Like oh sugar-free jello, pop, all those things. Basically eating zero calories, but you're having a ton of artificial, <laughs> <laughs> artificial chemicals going in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll be the first to say that I don't keep pop in the house. I don't buy pop, but I will if I'm going out to lunch or going out to dinner and I'm not drinking anything. Maybe sometimes I'll you know, get the club soda and lime, but no one can deny. Sometimes you just need a diet Dr. Pepper. So as long as it's not like habitual, I think it's okay. Definitely. Um, just like we always say, like everything in moderation, but tip number five here, and this is something that I think is really, really important. We've actually been talking a lot about this with our clients lately is getting ahead of your triggers. So you need to identify what triggers are for you. Um, is it food? Is it time of the day? Like what specifically are you craving? What emotions are you having in that situation? Like, are you angry? Are you happy? Are you, you know, tired? Are you feeling lonely? Like what's going on 
that is leading you to hit the drive through or, you know, get the candy bar, whatever that looks like. It could also be a certain situation, right? So certain people that are triggering you, it could be certain places. Um, you know, I know for me, there's a lot of things that I remember from my childhood that could easily be triggers for me, right? Like if we go to the movie theater, I remember, you know, way back in the day, I always got a diet Dr. Pepper and we got, um, peanut M&Ms or, the mini Twizzlers. I love the little like Twizzler bites, right? My husband does the bucket of popcorn, like not just the bag of like the bucket, the bucket. and then eats like three fourths of it. And I'll usually have a lot of it, but I'm just like, who needs this serving size of popcorn? <laughs> are like massive, like even bigger than oh, big. Christmas, you know, those Christmas cans of popcorn. But anyways, you get my drift here. Like it could be certain places that are triggering, right? So what we recommend is to one, have well-rounded meals throughout the day. So if you don't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like at least have a good lunch and a good dinner um, and have your snacks be balanced too, not just straight carbohydrates or, you know, just straight fats essentially. Um, but let's aim here to get a combination of protein, carbs, and fats to keep things balanced, keep blood sugar stable. Um, and then if you know that there's a specific time of the day, have a snack like 15 to 20 minutes prior to that time. Or back and I always talk about this too, like the witching hour when we're feeding the boys and like, we want to snack on their chicken nuggets and stuff. We'll have a snack of our own. Like yesterday I had cottage cheese. We were sitting on the kitchen floor. Marcus is like gnawing down some blueberries and strawberries. And then he was eating pasta. So I got out my cottage cheese and I had cottage cheese and he likes that too. So like, it was like, we were eating together. It was fun. He wouldn't sit in his chair. So the floor was fine, but I could have easily gone into the pasta, you know, with him, even though I knew we were going to eat later. So depending upon what your triggers are and like what those foods are, you might need to determine like how you start to change these things slowly too. If you're not somebody who is like black and white and just goes cold Turkey, think about it in the way that like Becca was just talking about, like with the pop pop being like the worst case scenario, the better option would be going for maybe like a Zevia or a sparkling water, or maybe like iced tea, something like that. And then we all know like the best option is hydrating with filtered water or just water in general, because people don't drink enough. Um, so, you know, think about like, what could I slowly start to replace things with? We talk about this too, like with clients and alcohol, like I've been telling some of our clients about the ritual because that actually has helped reduce drinking a lot for me. Like if we had friends over making a mocktail, it's a zero calorie, they have vodka, gin and tequila. And so i got that. And then I just mixed it with some sparkling water. So even though I wasn't drinking just straight up water, it made me feel good and enjoy that moment with friends and family, but also it wasn't the worst case scenario of drinking, you know, wine. So think about it in that way and, you know, kind of start to set some boundaries too, I think, um, and plan ahead a, a little bit more. Yeah. And if it's, even if it's not just drinks and you're like around a ton of sweets, I always say like, be the person that brings the fruit, the fruit platter or like the veggie platter to the get together so that, you know, you have something to eat. Um, I'm all about like, just if I'm around food, I'm not going to not eat. I'm going to, I'm going to feel too restricted. So I need to make sure that there's things that I want to eat that are nourishing. Um, and that's what I put in. And so number six, we get that during high stress times, you can't remove the stress sometimes. Like you can't get rid of the stressful job right away. You can't get rid of your kids. Like you can't, you can't remove these things that are causing you stress sometimes. So we talk a lot about managing stress by putting more de-stressing activities in. Like we have to balance the scale guys. We, if we can't just have all of the weight going on the stress side, like what are we doing to de-stress? So some ideas, walking in nature, 
like go out for a walk and maybe if you want to listen to some music or a podcast, but like make sure it's not crime podcast or like, you know, true crime that you're like hearing about someone that got killed. Like that's not de-stressing. Okay. Even if you enjoy it, it's, it's still probably raising your heart rate. Um, journaling can be really helpful. Reading a book or like audible drawing taking on a new hobby. A lot of times like DIY projects can be really de-stressing. Um, breathing exercises. Liz and I send a lot of breathing exercises to our clients because breathing is one of the most researched ways that truly shows like for sure your body gets into a parasympathetic rest and digest de-stress state. And so any of these are fine. Just do them more. That's what we always say. Like we need to just have more of them because I have a feeling if you looked at your days, you probably wouldn't even be able to find any of this. Like maybe you go for a walk, but it's to get your 10,000 steps in. So you're doing like speed walking around the block to try or like you, you need to have things that are allowing you to relax and intentionally planning them. Cause I'll promise you, like, I won't do this stuff if I don't plan them in my day. I just get too busy. Or you do it and you're distracted, right? Like you, you know, are trying to read a book. And then all of a sudden you're getting all the notifications on your phone. So you pick up your phone and you're distracted, right? So I think anytime that you're doing a de-stressing activity, like Becca said, plan it on your calendar and then turn off all your other like inputs, like your notifications, like airplane mode, whatever you need to do, because I promise you nothing is urgent. If you go airplane mode, your emergency contacts can still get a hold of you. So um, number seven, and I think this is huge. And Becca and I have talked about this. I know Becca talked about this a lot um, after they lost the baby last year, but keep a routine schedule and time block your day. Like you would any other time. We talk about this too, a lot with our clients who are working from home, get up in the morning and attack your day the same way that you would, if you had a commute, utilize that extra hour that you got back from your commute to learn something, to do a workout, or, you know, just take on another project in your house, or maybe just get ahead on some things, but get up, get dressed, take a shower, put some makeup on, like dress up as if you were going to work. I mean, obviously if you were wearing a suit and tie before, you don't have to do all that, but you know, put some clothes on that are making you feel good. And you're not sitting in your pajamas and a baggy sweatshirt all day and not being as productive as you could be. Cause I promise no one feels great. Just like messy hair and like big ass sweatpants is like my husband calls my college sweatpants, but the most comfy things ever, or my plan. <laughs> Um, like I feel good or as productive or as clear, focused and sharp as I do. When I get up, I take a shower, I get dressed, I'm ready. And I'm going to attack the day. So keeping that routine, especially when stress is really high, this is where some of those foundational habits come into play that we can fall back on. Yeah, absolutely. We get that stress happens guys. Like we, we kind of want stress to happen, to be able to understand how our, how we can best respond to it. So we always talk about Think about stress like an extra weight on your shoulders. Like you cannot just keep taking on more and more weight, taking care of your kids, school, work, trying to take care of yourself, exercise, sleep enough, eat right, stress, stress, stress. like something's going to give, you're going to collapse. And so what we have to do is we have to intentionally be aware of these stressors, what they are driving us to do, good and bad. And what we can implement to help manage the effects of the stress, because we cannot always remove them, but we need to understand how best to manage it. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you are learning to manage that stress because heck, it's been a year plus now, man, this COVID thing is no joke. We need to figure out how to live our lives, stress or no stress, and how to create a new life, a new normal that is helping us thrive and not feeling like we're drowning. So hopefully this was helpful. Happy hump day. We will talk to you guys on Friday. 
Thank you all so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us as a gift to us would be to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us, share it on Facebook, whatever platform that you listen, or just tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to this podcast. Um, The more that you can kind of share with word of mouth, the more people that we can touch throughout the world. And leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.